the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We should be like Issachar and bear the burdens of others. And when we do, we fulfill the law of Christ. How so? Well, Jesus bears our burdens, doesn't he? He bore our burden of sin. First Peter chapter 2 says Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Jesus also invites us to bring our burdens to him. Matthew chapter 11 Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's interesting that many of the traits prophesied of these 12 sons of Jacob can be found in Jesus' character. And one of the prophecies about Judah specifically referred to the Messiah, Jesus. As Pastor Dan teaches about Jacob's prophesying over each of his sons, you'll learn about the qualities that God's looking for in you, too. You'll find out what the descendants of these men did in the history of the nation of Israel and how they fulfilled the God-inspired prophecies spoken by their father. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 49 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now, in verse 13, we come to Zebulun, a prophecy about Zebulun. Zebulun shall dwell by the haven of the sea. He shall become a haven for ships, and his border shall adjoin Sidon. Now, Zebulun's territory was located in the Galilee region of Israel in the north. The name Zebulun means exalted or raised up, and the geographic region of Zebulun has a lot of mountains, and Zebulun is literally raised up or exalted in the mountains. The territory of Zebulun sat between the Sea of Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea, so that's why it's a haven for ships, or it will be a haven for ships, according to this prophecy. Understand, when Jacob gives this prophecy, the land of Israel hasn't even been divided up among the tribes yet. And so he's talking about Zebulun being a haven for ships there between the Galilee and the Mediterranean Sea. Plus, there's a trade route called the Via Maris, the way of the sea. It passes right through the land of Zebulun. And so all of the trade that is passing through the region, it goes through the land of Zebulun, making Zebulun very important and very strategic economically and very wealthy. I want to share with you just a few characteristics about the tribe of Zebulun that I think are worth noting. In Judges, Zebulun demonstrated exceptional courage when some of the tribes of Israel were afraid to even go out and fight. Zebulun demonstrated courage. In Judges chapter 5, verse 18, it says of Zebulun, 
that Zebulun is a people who jeopardized their lives to the point of death. They were willing to lay down their lives in the battle. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we're also told to lay down our lives for Christ. Oh, maybe not physically for most of us or maybe even all of us, but we are called to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and not live for ourselves, but live for Jesus Christ. Deny ourselves, not count our lives dear to ourselves, as the Apostle Paul says. To live for Christ and not for self. Now, I'm going to say a few more things about Zebulun in a couple minutes. I want to, I want to look at Issachar first. And then we'll go to a passage that talks about both Zebulun and Issachar. So now look at verse 14 and this prophecy from Jacob about his son Issachar. So again, picture the scene. Jacob is on his deathbed. He's dying. He knows he's dying. These are his final words to each of his sons. All the boys are gathered there around the bed. And dad says to Issachar, Issachar is a strong donkey. (laughs) Thanks, Dad. What was the last thing your dad said to you before you went to the great by and by? Well, he called me a strong donkey. That's what he said. He's a strong donkey lying down between two burdens. Now, if you call someone a donkey today, obviously it's a criticism. It's a put down. But in the ancient world, if someone called you a donkey, you'd say, wow, thank you very much. I can't believe you think so highly of me that you think I'm a donkey. Donkeys were very valuable in the ancient world and prized. Donkeys were, you know, the F-250 of the ancient world. You used a donkey to haul all your stuff. The ancient world, it was good to have a friend who owned a donkey. So you could borrow it on the weekends to move stuff. Hey, can I borrow your donkey? I got to go pick up a couch at Ikea kind of thing. In the Bible, donkeys carried kings. Kings didn't ride on white horses. They rode donkeys. David rode a king. Solomon rode a donkey at his coronation as king. And Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, we have that wonderful prophecy about the Messiah coming into Jerusalem to present himself as the king and we're told in Zechariah 9.9, 9, he will come into Jerusalem riding on a donkey, which Jesus did on Palm Sunday. So for Jacob to say Issachar is a strong donkey, that's a compliment to his son. When he says here that he's lying down between two burdens, the word burdens is literally saddlebags. Issachar is a strong donkey lying down between two Saddlebags. This is also a reference to the geography of Issachar. Again, he's writing this. He's saying this while they're living in Egypt. They're going to be in Egypt for hundreds of years before they ever go and inhabit the land. And before the land is divided up by the, uh, between the tribes and Joshua. And he's able to look ahead into the future. And he's able to describe Issachar as a donkey lying down between two saddlebags you know, seeing the territory that they're going to live in. Issachar was assigned territory in the eastern Jezreel Valley, and Issachar was situated between two mountains. 
On the northern boundary was Mount Tabor. On the southern boundary was Mount Gilboa. Issachar was in the valley between the two mountains. So the two mountains sat like two saddlebags on each side of Issachar. And, he, and, and Jacob sees this in this prophecy where they're going to live. Now he says of Issachar, he saw that rest was good and that the land was pleasant. He bowed his shoulder to bear a burden and became a band of slaves. Now, verse 15 is not saying the tribe of Issachar was slothful or, or lazy who just liked to rest all the time and not work. No, in fact, the opposite is true about the tribe of Issachar. Because of their location in the eastern end of the Jezreel Valley, many invading armies, when they invaded the promised land, they entered into the promised land through Issachar. And so in, in many occasions, Issachar was the first line of defense against invading armies. And so Issachar had to fight very often for their own survival. Uh, eventually, they were conquered and became a band of slaves. That's referred to here at the end of verse 15. So, so when it says that Issachar saw that rest was good, that means rest from war, rest from fighting. They, they were glad when they had peace in their land and weren't dealing with an enemy army invading their territory. They weren't lazy or slothful at all. In fact, 1 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 5, describes the men of Issachar as valiant men. Because they were like the front lines of defense for Israel. It says Issachar bowed their shoulder to bear the burden. Not just their own burdens, but the burdens of their brothers. The burden for all the tribes of Israel. And this is something that we should do as followers of Christ. Bear the burdens of others in the body of Christ. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We should be like Issachar and bear the burdens of others. And when we do, we fulfill the law of Christ. How so? Well, Jesus bears our burdens, doesn't he? He bore our burden of sin. First Peter chapter 2 says Jesus bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Jesus also invites us to bring our burdens to him. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And so when we bear the burden of others in the body of Christ, we're acting like Jesus. And we're fulfilling the law of Christ. And so that's a little bit about Zebulun and Issachar. And I want us to turn over to 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And make some final observations about Zebulun and Issachar. And some applications for us from these two tribes. Things that we can learn from these two tribes. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, this is when David was made king in Hebron or Hebron. This is when he's made king. If you look at verse 23, it says, Now these were the numbers of the divisions that were equipped for war. And came to David at Hebron to turn over the kingdom of Saul to him according to the word of the Lord. So these different divisions from the different tribes, uh, their armed troops, they came to David at Hebron to turn the kingdom over to him and to make him king. And these different divisions, these different tribes, 
and the men who came from them are listed here in this chapter. We're not going to read through it, but we're going to look down at verse 32 together. And in verse 32, we have Issachar. And we want to read carefully what it says about the men of Issachar. And I think it has a lot of application for us today. It says in verse 32 of the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their brethren were at their command. So all the men in that tribe were willing to come and fight for David as their king. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in a moment, but first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church, and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. But I want you to note here what it says about the men of Issachar. The men of Issachar, they understood the times that they lived in, and they knew what Israel should do. Issachar understood what was happening in the world around them. They understood current events. They understood the current climate in their nation. They understood what was going on politically, morally, culturally in the nation. And they knew what Israel should do in light of the times. The men of Issachar understood the times and how to apply the word of God to the times, we're told there. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus rebuked the religious leaders for not understanding the times that they lived in. He said to the religious leaders, you can look at the sky and discern what the weather will be, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Listen to me, give me your attention. We need to be like the men of Issachar and understand the times. Understand what is happening in our culture and in our country and in our world. And we need to run things through the grid of Scripture so that we can understand them biblically. That's the key. Understand them Biblically, so that we have a biblical understanding of the times that we are living in, so that we can say, what does, what does the Bible say about all these things that are happening in our world today? We want a biblical understanding so that we have a biblical response to the times. So our understanding and response are in line with the scriptures. Here's at least one reason why that's important. If we don't run it all through the grid of scriptures, our understanding and response will be in line with the culture and the world and not in line with God and his word. The men of Issachar, they understood the times. 
They understood what was going on and they knew what to do in response according to the word of God. And we need to be like the men of Issachar. In verse 33, we have Zebulun. Look at verse 33. Of Zebulun, there were 50,000 who went out to battle. Now remember with Issachar, all the men of Issachar were willing to go out and fight. It's the only tribe that all the men were willing to go. But they understood the times. And they knew it was important to go out to fight because of the times they were living in. Of Zebulun, there were 50,000 who went out to battle. Look what it says about Zebulun. They were expert in war with all weapons of war. They were stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. The men of Zebulun were experts in war with all the weapons of war, meaning they were fully armed and prepared for battle. And I don't need to tell you that we have an enemy, and it's Satan, and that there is a spiritual war going on all the time in the world. And Satan is the father of lies. He's the author of confusion. He's the author of fear. He seeks to kill and steal and destroy. He seeks to divide people. And as Christians, we need to be fully armed and prepared for battle like the men of Zebulun. We need to put on the armor of God every day. Ephesians chapter 6. We need to become just like the men of Zebulun. We need to become experts with all the weapons of war. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. The weapons of our warfare are prayer. And the sword of the spirit. The word of God. Those are the two weapons that God has given us. And we need to become experts with those weapons. We need to be men and women of prayer. We need to be men and women who know this book and know what it says and know how to apply it. Know how to use the sword of the Spirit. Look at verse 33 again. The men of Zebulun were also stout-hearted men. (laughs) That means they were brave. That means they were hardy. That means they were undaunted. That means they were determined. They had an undivided loyalty to King David. We need to be stout-hearted men and women of faith in the days we're living in. Unwavering in our loyalty to our King Jesus Christ and his word. Stout-hearted. Look at verse 33 again. They were also men who could keep ranks. The men of Zebulun stayed in their formation even in the heat of battle. We should be Christians who are steadfast in Christ. Steadfast in Christ and in his word and in the things of God. Some Christians break the ranks. Especially in the heat of battle. Some are some are double hearted, double minded towards Jesus Christ. And when the heat is on. They depart. The Apostle Paul tells us in the last days, many will fall away from the faith. Sadly, many will break the ranks. And depart from the faith. Again, we need to be men and women who just keep the ranks, who are steadfast and immovable in Christ. Men and women who continue in the faith no matter what, no matter how hard things may get. Just to continue in the things of God. The things that God has commanded us to do. 
Now, finally, we're going to look down in verse 38, and we'll wrap this up. Again, now you've got men coming from all the tribes of Israel, coming together at Hebron. Verse 38 says, all these men of war who could keep ranks. That's important. It's mentioned a couple times in this passage. You don't want people that are going to fall away. They came to Hebron with a loyal heart. Note that to make. Here's why. Make David king over all of Israel. And all the rest of Israel were of one mind to make David king. And they were there with David three days eating and drinking for their brethren had prepared for them. Moreover, those who were near to them from as far away as Issachar and Zebulun and Naphtali. They're all the way up in the north near the Galilee. We're bringing food on donkeys and camels on mules and oxen provisions of flour and cakes of figs and cakes of raisins, wine and oil and oxen and sheep abundantly. Look at the last phrase, for there was joy in Israel. All of these men from all these different tribes, all of these different locations, they came together for one single purpose, and that was to enthrone David as king. That is what brought them all together in Hebron. That is what united them. That is what made them of one mind to make David king. And as a result of this single purpose, there was peace and unity and joy in Israel. And listen, this is the secret to peace and unity and joy in our church. It's each individual believer coming together For one purpose. We gather here for one purpose. And that is to enthrone the son of David, Jesus Christ, as king in our lives and in our hearts. And we come from all over the place. All kinds of different backgrounds. All kinds of different interests. There's a lot of diversity. But the one thing that brings us together. Is our desire to enthrone Jesus Christ as king. In our lives. And this is what brings peace and unity and joy in a church. And this is what brings peace and unity and joy in an individual's life. When you enthrone Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life as your king. Philippians chapter 2 verse 2 says, Be of the same mind, united in spirit, and intent on one purpose. And that one purpose we have is to make Jesus king in our lives. That's true for a church. It's true for an individual. And for that church or that person, that individual who enthrones Jesus Christ as king in their heart, in their life, that person will experience peace and joy. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for... The examples, just amazing prophecies about Judah and the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Thank you for these prophecies about Zebulun and Issachar. And I pray that we would be like the men of Zebulun and like the men of Issachar. Lord, I pray that we would every day enthrone you in our hearts as king. And every time we gather together on a Sunday or Thursday or a Bible study or 
Lord, that we would gather to enthrone you as king for no other purpose. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.